Diversion Audio. Rat race got you down? Stars, the hottest, biggest ever. It was early 1987, a time of trouble. US President Ronald Reagan was embroiled in scandal. The modern art world was mourning the loss of its godfather, Andy Warhol. And even worse, movie theatres were showing Police Academy 4. But it wasn't all bad news. Oh no, over on Fox, America was about to meet its new favourite family. Whoa, the cow kicked Nelly in the belly in the barn. Oh, the cow kicked Nelly in the belly in the barn. Cow kicked Nelly in the belly in the barn. And the farmer said it would do no harm. Second verse, same as the first. A little bit louder, but a little bit worse. Would you shut the hell up? Are you talking to me? Hello and welcome to the shows we watched with me, James King. And me, Emily Johnston. We are talking classic TV for the next half an hour. And this week, we wish a happy birthday to Christina Applegate, an all-round fabulous actor, I think we can agree, but someone who made her name in this huge sitcom from the 80s and the 90s. Emily, please tell us more. Yes, James, this week we celebrate Married with Children. Ah, 11 seasons, 259 episodes, of course, centering on the Bundy family from Chicago, so parents Alan Peggy played by Ed O'Neill and Katie Segal. Kids Bud and Kelly, played by David Faustino and Christina Applegate. I think it's probably fair to say they brought a little bit of raunch to the TV (laughs) arena, the sitcom arena in 1987, shook things up a little bit. Um, Like so many sitcoms, of course, it's about the classic dysfunctional family. But then the irony is we watch them and we recognise parts of ourselves in the family too. So if they're dysfunctional hey, we're all dysfunctional. It's so true. (laughs) And Ed O'Neill, just a legendary TV actor at the head of things um, as Al Bundy. You're a fan of Ed, right? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean like that, Emily. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm I'm a huge fan of Ed as an actor. Yeah. And actually, I think he was amazing in this show. Yeah, me too. His acting is amazing. Hey, it's amazing. Now, does he play a problematic character? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) I think we can just, we can just say this right now. At the top of the show, there are problems. If you look at Married with Children today, actually, probably when it came out. There are problems. Well, I mean, yeah, because there were entire leagues of women out there that were trying to get it taken off the air. But uh, yeah, I think it is important to say that. I think it is also important to say that to address those problems, we would need about seven and a half days on air to go through them because obviously you have a huge amount of episodes and you have Al Bundy. (laughs) But it was an absolutely huge show. It was. It was massive. And to go back and watch it now, I was thinking this. I was uh, First and foremost, I was thinking, what would today's kids think about this show, going back and watching it, or going watching it for the first time, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I think they would be very confused as to what was happening in the world that this show was the mark of the modern family. 
<laughs> how did that happen? I think they would be very concerned for us, the adults yeah. that sit yeah. here today, yeah. and that we grew up with that. Watching. I, I rewatched it, thinking, how did we get out of this alive? Really? I, I mean, it's but how saying that, going back and watching Al Bundy uh, and seeing the things that were kind of classic dad things. Now, yes, there are non-classic dad things. The fact that he loves going to nudie bars. <laughs> I mean, it's questionable. Yeah. Um, the number of times he makes references to breasts in a show. Oh, wow. But other things like the fact that he's always hurting himself trying to fix something. And he always has to fix it because he's a guy and he's not going to pay somebody else to do it. He's yep. a dad and this is what Classic. he does. Yeah. And the kind of way in which he talks about his family, like he's annoyed by them, but ultimately loves them and won't cheat on his wife and is a family guy at heart, even though he is uh, a rather interesting male character. <laughs> um, and I really, I saw... You know, we've talked a lot on this show about how we see ourselves reflected on the TV. Oh, no, this isn't the Johnston family, no, is it? Well, no, not in that. Oh, my God, can you imagine? That would be the shock of the season. Um, no, but there are elements. This is why I think Al Bundy works. Yeah. He is, as we know, people do this on sitcoms. They create characters and they completely sensationalize them and they, they make them larger than what is actual life. And I think that's what they've done with Al Bundy. And for me, there are little parts where I see like the fact that he's really proud that he's getting his car to a million miles and my dad had a car I think we got to half a million miles and I remember that being like we're gonna get this car to half a million miles we did yeah and so just I think that's that's something that's important to remember is it's not about you having everything in common with this character but just being able to see little highlights here and there yeah and what I really love about um Ed O'Neill who's Al Bundy is that he goes on to play Jay in Modern Family and he almost becomes a grown-up version of Al Bundy. Right. And he's, so basically his whole career, he's a patriarch and he is this man that sits atop a family and keeps this family together. He's like the family glue. Yeah. But he still is, he plays this character that's slightly, maybe, is raunchy the best word to use? Like, there's something a little off there. It's not perfect. I mean, obviously, he's very grown up. But I just, if if you're someone who watched Married Children and you went on to watch Modern Family, you can't watch Modern Family without thinking of Al Bundy. Yeah. It's physically impossible. Well, probably why he was cast. Well, exactly. But I find that really interesting. I mean, is that typecasting? Um, Well, it's, it's a fine line, isn't it? If you are very good at doing a certain kind of character, Character. We've talked on this show before about Frasier and how many episodes Kelsey Grammer played Frasier in yeah, Cheers and in, and in Frasier and and nothing else has really quite stuck yeah. in terms of his career because he's so good at playing that kind of character. And if Ed O'Neill is so good at playing that kind of character, then maybe at some point in your career, often early in your career, you get a bit frustrated by that and you say, I'm fed up with being typecast. Yeah. But actually, I think by the time you reach Ed's age now, you probably go... Well, Listen, there are thousands of actors out there who've never had this. Yeah. Who aren't remembered for anything. At least I'm remembered. Yeah, that's true. And at least I have a niche. That is um, true. That that people, you know, appreciate. Do you think he also wanted to correct some mistakes? (laughs) Because I feel that there are certain moments when you watch Modern Family and you see him just have this amazing... Well, okay, here's a good example. There's one episode where he takes his stepson his step the his the father of his stepson is supposed to be bringing him to Disneyland for the day and he doesn't show up and 
um, Jay basically hires a limo and pretends that it was sent by his father and he does the right thing and yeah. he's constantly doing the right thing yeah. and sometimes I wonder if he isn't trying to make amends for what he played in the years before yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I think everybody involved in that show is appreciative of what it was and it was from a certain time and a certain era and I mean let's get on to Christina Applegate because it's she's the birthday girl she is. And, we have to give happy yeah. birthday. Yeah, and um, you know she's someone who has also had a long career and and and, and done other things since Married with Children. Yeah, um, and proven herself in other ways. She definitely has. Um, but I mean, I, I'm listen. I'll be honest. I just loved Kelly. Who did? Well, I, I mean, even loved you Kelly. know, I mean, it's I I was the demographic for Kelly. <laughs> I, I felt that they were making that show, or, or Kelly in that show was essentially for me. Um, and in fact, a lot of Kellys, a lot of Kellys in my life in the nineties. Kelly Kapowski from I was Saved just by the Bell. That. But I mean, Tiffany Amatis and beautiful didn't have the the strength and the attitude. I don't feel of of Kelly Bundy. Kelly Bundy had something extra. Well, she's a bit of a bad girl. That's exactly, why Kelly yeah. Kapowski was all good. Exactly. Well, I mean, that show was obviously very clean compared yeah. to to married <laughs> to to married with children. Yeah. Uh, there was a Kelly in Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero as well, wasn't there? Jenny Garth. She mm. played a Kelly. A lot of Kellys in the nineties. Oh man. Um, but for me, it, it was all about Bundy. Um, I know there's several things I love about it. I love, I actually love the relationship she has with with Al um, because she's a bit of a daddy's girl. There is tension there as well, and I suppose this is another one of those things we were talking about. About it's it's realistic. I'm sure you had that relationship with your dad. It's not like Al and Kelly, but yeah. that thing where you have a very close relationship with them sometimes, and other times you just really wind each other up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that line. And again, this is prime time. You kind of think, wow, this went out in prime time in the late 80s when Al has just had enough of Kelly. And he goes, for the lack of one condom, an entire oh life God, ruins. I, <laughs> I know. Oh my God. It is so good. I mean, there are some brilliant lines yeah. in there, honestly. Yeah. And yeah, that great just lines. said everything. And actually also, it's about the delivery. And we'll, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll get onto this in a second, that, that maybe it's not even the lines, but it's the people who are saying them and how they say them. And they're all brilliant. They re- yeah. It is a brilliant cast. And actually with Kelly, I found that I, of course, I'm going to go here with this, fashion-wise, yeah. you're looking at a show that moves, uh, if I'm correct, from the 80s into the 90s, yeah. right? Yeah. And that is a time in fashion and hairstyles and beauty that is such a huge worldwide felt shift in how we styled our hair, the clothes we wore. And if you just took a snapshot of Kelly from every episode, the evolution is like watching the evolution of man. Watching your evolution. (laughs) You know, yeah, it is like watching my evolution. But Although Peggy has the same hairstyle. Yeah, Yeah. oh yeah, she doesn't change. She's stuck in the 1970s, maybe 60s. But it is such a cool thing to watch and see evolve. And even her as a person as well, she really grows and I feel like they do her character justice in that and to a certain extent. And and I think Christina Applegate does her justice as well in that, yeah, look, there are many occasions in, in the show's run where she is, you know, she's exploited a bit. It's let's get Kelly in a sexy outfit, a sexy dress. There's always the whooping and the hollering from the studio audience when she, you know, slips off her coat and she's in some oh little God. black dress or something. <laughs> um, and so there, there is that. And and she is seen as a, you know, a dim-witted a lot of the time and this kind of stereotypical babe. Yeah. But I think Applegate, who is a brilliant performer, brings a bit of attitude to her, brings a kind of street smart to her. That does. does elevate it. And actually now, 
I don't really know how I found this on the internet, but hey, you know, we all, we all go down rabbit <laughs> oh, holes, God. right? No, no, it's fine. But there's a lot of there's a lot of like Kelly merch out there, like Kelly t-shirts. Written yeah. now? Yeah, now. Um, not vintage eBay. <laughs> no, not no, not at all. Okay. Like now, I say it's nineties retro ones. You wow. Know? Um, and those dolls, those like Funko Pop dolls and things. So um, I think that that maybe it's also because Christine Applegate has gone on to become. A, you know, a, a big actress and a well-respected actress yeah. that we sort of look back on, on, on her, um, on Kelly, and and reevaluate her a little bit, yeah, and 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 give her more credit than perhaps she got at the time. Uh, but I think that's actually quite nice to see that that we are appreciating that character and what, how Christine Applegate played her, and that she did elevate her. She could have been a very kind of two-dimensional character, yes. But I think that there's a there's a sort of glint in in. Applegate's eye. She knows what she's doing. She does. And, and yet and, they and still play they still play her as like one of the stupidest women <laughs> yeah. that has ever been. But then at the, the same earth. time, sometimes she does brilliant things. <laughs> and, and she it's has kind one of, liners where you go, yeah. hold on a second. The light bulb's just got are you actually smart? And this whole time you've just been playing it? Like, how does this work exactly? But I guess we've seen that so many times before. Like Goldie Horn is a good example, isn't it? You That's know, very true. You know, and, and Goldie Horn is a brilliant comedy actress. Yeah. And yes, she's played some ditzes, but Lots of people have played airheads, yeah, but not everybody can turn it into an art form. That, that's true, and she does it brilliantly. But I, yeah. I mean, as a character, yeah, she is she's she's characterized as being really dim, yeah. And but you, they then they write these lines where you just think, what's going on? Is there? And then they explain it, don't they? They say, was well, she dropped on her head at birth or something? <laughs> like, there's something that happened to yeah. her where she was really smart. Or she was going to be like in the Mensa program or something. And then all of a sudden, I think there was some accident. They do actually yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, in they one do. of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, you've just explained why she, so she is stupid. <laughs> like, it's just crazy, but it works. Part of the show. And I should say my love of Christine Applegate um, also um, is accentuated by the fact that on my first trip to LA, uh, you know, you go to LA, or certainly I did as someone from the UK, expecting just to see stars everywhere. Yeah. Right. It's it's the home of Hollywood. The first famous person I saw was Christine Applegate. Where? Uh, it was in the parking lot, Fred Siegel. Of course. Uh, which I think is now moved, but this was when it's on Melrose. There's still one on Melrose. Oh, okay. With yeah. all the like the greenery yeah. on the front. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Christine Applegate was there. The first, and this was what I went to LA for, not specifically for Christine Applegate, <laughs> but but to, you know, I wanted. I thought I want it would be amazing. You're just going to see famous Hollywood people walking about. And you saw Christine. And Applegate. I saw Christine Applegate. So there's there's always you know going to be um, affection. I think for her just for that moment. Well, while we're telling personal stories about this, my uncle dated her. <laughs> uh, well, hang on a second. <laughs> I don't so have any more information. I, I can give you my that. parking lot Fred Siegel story. You're going to come back with that. How can I compete with that? I don't have much more information, although I have a Polaroid of the two of them at a Hollywood party together. And it's it's like in my little memory box. How how have you got the Polaroid? How How is it not in his... Because he sent it to me as like proof. I didn't believe that he was dating Kelly for Married with Children. So he actually mailed me a Polaroid. Now this could, uh, you know... Was it when she was Kelly from Married no, with Children? No, I just knew her. I think right, this okay. was, this would have been... It actually, no, it might have been because I was 16. So when did, that was 1996. When did that show? Uh, I think it it was just finishing. I think it was okay. 25, wasn't so, it? So yeah, it would have been around there. But yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, what? Because she was, she was in America. Yeah. She was one of the biggest stars. The nation's favorite daughter. I mean, I, I might be stretched a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, that, this was a show that very much divided my yes. nation, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, so. well, I can't, I'm knowing 
what I do of your parents and their viewing habits and what my they... dad watched the show. Oh, really? Actually, did he? I think I think everybody watched the show. I, we did yeah. not watch it as a family. No. Right? Okay. It yeah. was not that sort of thing. But I remember. I I think I remember. Oh God, my dad will kill me. He'd be like, "Don't. Why did you tell people I watched that show?" <laughs> and I think I'm remembering that he would occasionally watch it because it was one of those things where it would be on during the day. Yeah. As well. So it was it was playing during the day. So if he was home for lunch, then it would be on the TV or something like that. But yeah. I do remember a couple chuckles coming out of him at the married <laughs> children on the TV. Oh, he's gonna kill me. It was the bit when Al went, for the lack of one condom, my entire <laughs> my life. Dad went, That's Emily for me right there. Could all ended perfectly, but we had her. <laughs> You are listening to the shows we watched more Married with Children on the way and we find out whatever happened to all the spin-offs from that show. Can you remember them? Can you name them? There are a few of them, actually. I didn't even know there were any. Well, it's all coming up, Emily. All right, there we go. Shows we watched with me, Emily Johnston. Uh, me, James King, talking all things married with children. Whatever happened to the Marriage with Children spin off shows? Oh, it's a sorry story. <laughs> uh, right. See if you remember any of these. 1991, Top of the Heap. Oh my gosh, yeah. One season. Starring Matt LeBlanc, because Matt LeBlanc yeah. played one of Kelly's boyfriends in the show, didn't he? Uh, Vinny. I did. I'm sorry, I'm a bit struck by that. Yeah, so uh, Top of the Heap was about him and his dad who had been in an episode as well of Married with Children as one of Al's old friends. Yeah. So it's about Vinny and his dad trying to get rich. One season, one and done. Uh, Is Uh, that one you're going to put in the perfect season category? (laughs) uh, No, not quite. It's not my so-called life. Um, Then Vinny and Bobby, which was a spin-off of Top of the Heap, so that flops Top of the Heat one season, but they then do a spin-off. They carry on Vinny's story. How again, did Matt they LeBlanc. think that was going to work? Um, so he's now a construction worker. So it's a spin-off of a spin-off. Again, one and done. 1992, one season. And then there's another one, and this is just a pilot episode. It never even made it to one season, uh, which was called Radio Free Tremaine. Because I think uh, Tremaine University was where uh, Steve, the neighbour, so Steve Rhodes, the Bundy's neighbour, Yeah. He was the dean of of uh, Tremaine University, so there was yeah. a pilot episode set around him and the radio station at that university. Okay, one one pilot, that's it. Never went to series. Man, they really was this all on on the same network? Uh, I I don't know. That was nineteen ninety five. I don't know what network they were doing. I think it wasn't it Fox that married yeah, each other. Yeah, it was Fox. Yeah, yeah, so that's just that sounds just like a bad recipe that they just kept trying to re. Yeah. Essentially, well, essentially, they're just trying to milk the formula, aren't they, and get more out oh. of it, which we've seen many times before. Yeah. I think they're most of them are on YouTube to varying degrees. Okay. Some have clips, some have the whole episode. So okay. if you want to go down that route, not now. <laughs> <laughs> not after that. Like, intro. Matt LeBlanc is great, actually, in the business. Okay. I mean, Matt LeBlanc is, you know, I mean, he's sort of Joey before Joey. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's like he's the, just auditioning for Joey. Essentially, basically. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who would be perfect for Kelly? I mean, that's a perfect match. Oh my God, you're so right. Um, Who, and, wait, and Christina Applegate is on Friends. Of course she is. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Yes. I didn't even, <laughs> oh my, as, and she's a ditz. Yeah. 
And she doesn't uh, end up with Joey. That would have been the perfect... Uh, oh my God, why did they not do that? This see, makes me so angry. Friends would have been a huge success if they'd done that. It would have been amazing. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but don't you think it would yeah, have? It would, like, I it haven't thought about that bigger. before. Yeah. How did we... Oh my God, that was our light bulb moment right there. Yeah, this is happening <laughs> as we speak, this listeners. Is like, there was this no is not scripted. There. Was this actually... is just... This is top of our heads. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so I guess we've kind of talked about what you liked about um, Married with Children and, and the Bundys and then just being with them as a family, I suppose, yeah. over the years and seeing them change, especially the kids change. And that also sort of tying in with you changing as you were growing well, up. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I just sort of wonder, you've just rattled off all of these, rattled, that's not very complimentary, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you've just so elegantly told me about all the lovely spinoffs. Um and I guess I'm just wondering, what was the secret sauce here? Yeah. And honestly, what was the secret sauce? Because there obviously was a secret sauce. And well, we, we've agreed that the performers are brilliant. They are. And it's a, to me, it's a perfect example of some of the lines are genuinely brilliant. Yeah. But even the lines that are kind of average, they are delivered well. They and are, yes. I think there is certainly something to be said with many sitcoms, but as we're talking about Mad with Children this week, um, about sometimes average or questionable material yeah but it's delivered by the best in the business but it is so questionable <laughs> i mean it's not even that it's one of those things where we go okay let's go back 20 years yeah. and we can talk about how wrong this is yeah it's that we have oh my god 30 years sorry i'm one of those people who doesn't think that there is a decade the 90s there. weren't yesterday <laughs> Oh God, I hate life. <laughs> um, how are we this old? Um, but I really, it's so questionable. Even in its time, it was yeah. questionable. And people, they, uh, you know, we've said there was, there were like groups formed to try and take this show off the air. People were very upset by it. Peggy was, was a, a woman who was thrown back into an era that we were all trying to sort of forget yeah. as women. Yeah. Uh, and as a character, you know, I, I really, I think she was the first that I saw as a living, I'm going to sit at home and eat bonbons and watch TV. And it was that, you know, and Al always makes fun of her for her devotion to Oprah and how like basically her love of this woman is ruining the world. <laughs> and and I just feel like as a character, a female character, even then she was problematic, even more so almost than Al, because yeah. you can kind of laugh off the Al thing, but Peggy is this kind of person who's sponging off her husband yeah and uh, yeah i think as a female character she just she's brilliant she's a brilliant actress and she delivers everything brilliantly but the writing behind it is almost a little bit cruel yeah well i guess there's there's something to be said about that you know the, the media often are, are, are thinking certain ways and thinking that certain kinds of shows should be produced but there's a huge chunk of an audience mm. who feel underrepresented and don't want that and actually want a, a, you know a different maybe more sort of retro or traditional kind of sitcom well you've just pretty much put a, t <laughs> yeah. a pin in america haven't yeah you? <laughs> exactly yeah and you know that's obviously something we talk about today but yeah. but even then um there was obviously the you know the SNL comedians and alternative comedy and all that kind of stuff happening at the time. Yeah, but not everybody wanted that. Some people felt that that things were moving too quickly for them. Yeah, and they wanted something that was a bit more of a backward step, I guess. Yeah, that I mean that is a really good point actually. That you, as a family unit, again, I come back to this idea that it represents and showcases something that you're familiar with to an extreme, and yeah. I get that. But there, I just can't 
put my finger exactly on why this particular show had everything that just seemed to work perfectly being as problematic as it was in the time. And obviously 30 years later still is a show that we go. I mean, it was brilliant, but God, it's a bit ick. You know, it's that ick feeling. With yeah. It. Um, and I really watching it and having Al be so the breast thing, like really the, the absolute adoration of boobs. Yeah. Was like, it was almost the last the gasp of that though, wasn't it? It you was, know, I, I think it definitely, but it was the yeah. nail in the coffin. Yeah. That was it. And and talking about it working, which it clearly did, that's why it ran for so long. There were a number of international versions um, that actually, well, I, I mean, I watched the, there was a UK adaptation, which didn't work. Wait, it was what? It was one season, which I don't remember, um, which was, uh, called Married for Life. Uh, but there were a number of international versions because obviously it was so successful in America. Lots yeah. of international broadcasters are going to want to do their own version, which I think actually is a slightly outdated thing now. Um, I'm not sure. I think maybe because of the way we watch TV and having um, different digital platforms and things to watch TV, that, you know, I, I would watch Shit's Creek and never think, oh, this should be remade for England. <laughs> Because you just we're a global community, to, you get yeah, it. it you know, need you to don't. It, so you know, I watch a lot of American shows, and you just get it. You yeah. don't need to have it local to, yeah. to to where you live. That's so true. Um, but yeah, so the UK one was called Married for Life, um, and uh, it started a guy called Russ Abbott, who I'm trying to think of a sort of American comparison. I guess a sort of Chevy Chase type. Oh, interesting. Um, and uh, I mean, I'd never seen it before. It was one season in 1996. It, it was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. I watched it what? on YouTube. Just just no laughs. And regardless of the, the problems that we have with the original American show, yeah. there are laughs in it. Yeah. You laugh. Um, whereas this was just flat. Yeah. So flat. But was it the same class of family same yeah same idea that's slightly different names but the okay. same idea so there are a lot of things that were very similar like for example the the wife figure peggy obviously in the american version she's called pam in this version you know was very sort of sexual okay. whereas al um or in this version he's called ted um he's not interested <laughs> in sleeping with his wife so there's that you know that joke is carried over yeah um Joke. I just never got this. Like, literally, I don't understand. If I thought the whole thing was that women aren't throwing themselves at their yeah. husbands enough, it was a complete. And I'm not sure if that's why the gag works because it's like, well, what? yeah. I mean, I think it's just proof. You know, like I said earlier, that 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 it's so much of it is down to the playing, yeah, and the acting just isn't as as convincing in the UK version. Whereas it was in the in the American version, and yeah. that's it's it's not always about the quality of the joke. It's just sometimes about the quality of the delivery. And going all the way back to Christina Applegate, which the is the very reason is real. the obsession, yeah, <laughs> the very reason we are you know we're talking about it is that she's a great comedy actor, so she can you know make gold out of some some questionable lines and some average average she jokes. Can. She can. Um, but anyway, I just thought I'd do a few. Uh, few other TV shows that have gone from US to UK and UK to US. Um, so obviously, and we must do this on one episode, The Office is probably the bit, you know, the best one, right? As in terms of a UK show that has then been adapted for the US. So it's gone in that direction. And that lasted a very long time. Yeah, and it's I don't really done. know. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the only other one I would say is Veep. 
Because that isn't, it's not the same, but it's still the same. It's the same creative team. Yeah, that's yeah. basically the same kind of... Um, I mean, there have been a few. House of Cards uh, was originally a UK show. Although that's a different, for sticking to comedy, Different though. style, yeah. Um, that's the, I think that's the hardest thing to do, if I'm yeah. being honest. Because there is, there is a great difference between British and American humour. Yeah. It is and it is a tangible difference. <laughs> and it's one I, I'll never forget when Graham Norton went over and did a show in New York for a yeah, week. And I yeah. watched that and it, it was like crickets. And I'm sitting in my living room having lived in London for 10 years, like laughing my head off, going, Why are no Americans laughing? This is so brilliant. <laughs> and it is there's such a difference in humor. So it is often really hard yeah. to take a concept that works in one place and move it over. And even if you watch The Office, which I'm sure we'll we'll come to, but just quickly. It's one of those things where you do have to adapt it to the humor yeah. of the country. So yeah. you need a great group of writers that Which can do that. Which they got, though. They actually yeah. did achieve that, and many others have failed. There have been huge shows over here in the UK yeah. that, that went to the States and have just done nothing. Um, they just maybe did a pilot and never even went to season I'm because sure it just versa. didn't work. Yeah, well, the ones that do seem to work, and, and I think maybe it's going back to that whole thing about us not needing local adaptations as much anymore. Um, but the ones that do seem to work are more things like the game shows and the reality shows. Yeah. Because we gave, as in we, I'd say the UK. <laughs> you personally? Yeah, <laughs> gave the, the US things like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Big Brother. Um, Big Brother um, and Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. You know, so those things, I guess, do need a, a, a local angle. Yeah. Um, but um, sitcoms, maybe not so much nowadays. Yeah, it's a hard one. There are so many, you know what? I also think we live in an age of remakes now. So everybody's kind of taking what worked in the old days and they're just whacking a new label and some great stars with it. So uh, yes, weird times, weird times, James. The old days, Emily, <laughs> that's what we're all about. The old we days. We are, we're living in the past. Yeah. Lovely to see you. Thanks. You too, darling. The Shows We Watched is a production of Diversion Audio. If you'd like to send us an email, a voicemail, a comment, an idea for a show, or you just want to say hello, our email address is theshowswewatched at gmail.com. That's theshowswewatched at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your message in a future show. Or you can find us on social media at The Shows We Watched or visit theshowswewatched.com. You can find me at Emily Jane Johnston and James at James King Movies. This season was written, researched and hosted by me, James King, along with my co-host, Emily Johnston. And our supervising producer and sound mixer is Mark Francis. Concept by John Tuttle. Head of marketing is Erica Farmer. And original theme music by Tyler Cash. Love that theme music. So good. The shows we watched was recorded at Vox Pod Studios in London. And our executive producers are Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis and Scott Waxman for Diversion Audio. Audio.